In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Pharisee says, God, I give thee thanks that I am not as the rest of men. But the publican, standing afar off, would not so much as lift up his eyes to heaven, but struck his breast, saying, O God, be merciful to me, a sinner. You all know this gospel well enough. I preach on it every year. But this year it reminds me of a remark made by an Irish friend of mine back in Boston. He used to make his own little prayer, which would go like this. O God, I thank thee that I am not like the Pharisee. I never fast, I drink every day, and I blow all my money. He only said this half-jokingly because he was, I believe, trying to make a point. We all know this gospel passage so well, I wonder how often, after hearing it on this Sunday, we have that thought go through our head. We thank God that we are not like the Pharisee. Perhaps when making that prayer, we even have in mind some of our fellows in the pew and add in our heads, for I know that so many other people here are like the Pharisee. I am glad that I do not have that smug spirit of judgment. The time then has come to examine our consciences and ask, even if I am not so much like the Pharisee, to what degree can I say that I am really like the publican? Perhaps I am not so self-righteous as this prideful man we hear about today. But can I really say that I have true contrition and profound conversion of heart as this poor tax collector does? In this we see how today's gospel is linked to the epistle we hear. The prayer of the publican has come down to us in the liturgy, especially in the liturgy of the East, as the Jesus prayer. Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. But today the Apostle tells us no one can even say, Lord Jesus, but by the Holy Ghost. In other words, even to say that prayer, that simplest act of contrition, is the result of the grace of God. If we wish to have a heart like that of the publican today, we must beg of God that grace which we can never earn and is only freely given. 
the grace that comes from the Most Holy Trinity dwelling within our souls. Let it never be said that St. Paul does not teach the Trinity. Sometimes members of certain sects today will ask us, where do you find the Trinity in the Bible? The word is not to be found there. It is true that we must wait a good hundred years after the words of St. Paul to find the word Trinity among the early theologians. But this does not mean that the Trinity is not to be found in the scripture. Not only does St. Paul teach the Trinity, we can go even further. At every point in his epistles, he assumes the Trinity as something that has already been taught and handed down. This, after all, was the promise of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the 14th chapter of St. John, speaking in the most beautiful terms of the grace of the indwelling of the Trinity, declares, if any man love me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. But the paraclete, the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your mind, whatsoever I shall have said to you. Our Lord has promised that this doctrine will be taught, and we know from the epistles of St. Paul that it already has been taught, and St. Paul is simply referring to it in order to teach the revealed doctrine of grace. Grace, as I hope you all know, is a supernatural gift of God, freely bestowed on a rational creature for eternal salvation. And when we speak of the Trinity dwelling within us, that is what is known as sanctifying, or even better, as habitual grace. It is the grace of the indwelling, the grace by which we are made pleasing to God because God dwells within us as in a temple. This grace was first received by us at baptism. But in order to lead up to it, especially if we have converted in adulthood, we received countless actual graces, countless times when our Lord Jesus was, as he told us, at the door of our hearts, a-knocking. If we let him in, if we cooperate with those first graces, then we do achieve the grace of true conversion, and sanctifying grace rushes in through baptism and the other sacraments we receive. This is to be entirely distinguished from the other sort of grace, which St. Paul refers to often, including today, gratia gratis data, that is grace freely given, the gifts, the charismata. These gifts, these supernatural gifts from God, are not any sign of the personal holiness of the one who receives them. They are given rather for the edification of others, miracles, prophecies, the gift of speaking in other languages. This is the distinction St. Paul makes today when he declares, invoking all three persons of the Trinity, there are diversity of graces, but the same spirit. There are diversities of ministries, 
but the same Lord, and there are diversities of operations, but the same God who worketh all in all. And again, in that most glorious epistle in the mystical body, the Church, the epistle to the Ephesians, one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in us all. It is with this grace in mind that we hear that beautiful salutation of St. Paul to his Corinthians, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the charity of God and the communication of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. Justified by faith, he tells the Romans, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have access through faith to this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of the sons of God. And that hope does not disappoint because the charity of God is poured forth in our hearts by the Holy Ghost who is given to us. It is only by this sanctifying grace of God, it is only by actual graces that we can do anything that leads us one step closer to heaven so that truly the repentant publican whom we revere in today's gospel did not achieve conversion by his own merit, but it was freely given to him to have a profound conversion of heart. Without this grace, we cannot even begin to approach heaven. And we must have this true conversion of heart, this true sorrow for our sins in our last moment. And once again, we must recall that this gift of final perseverance is indeed an unearned gift. None of us, no matter how good a life we lead, can earn the gift of final perseverance. It is freely given by God, although certainly we can and should pray for it every day. Therefore, when we pray, let us not judge our neighbor in the pew in our hearts, supposing him to be more pharisaical than we are. For it is not enough for us to avoid being that Pharisee. No, we must all beg the grace of God to be that publican, to cry out with sincere hearts, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Amen.